Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 1011, it is a Wednesday, 7th of February 2024. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Good to have you along. Coming up at about 1035, UMD Women's Hockey assistant coach Justin Grant three series left in the regular season as UMD tries to hold on for home ice in the first round of the WCHA playoffs Bulldogs are at St. Thomas this weekend and then we'll have them uh, here on KDAL next weekend doubleheader weekend for you from Amsoil the women will take on St. Cloud State in a big series the men at home next weekend to face the Denver Pioneers all four games for you next weekend here on the radio joining us now from the Timberwolves Radio Network on the road with the Wolves in Chicago. Alan Horton, good morning, sir. Hello, Bruce. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. First day, first start, you know? That's right. Yeah, we'll get to last night here in a little bit. i got to ask you this very random question first. Uh, when you head to Milwaukee and uh, the border battle starts tomorrow night with game one of the uh, two head-to-head games this season against the Bucks, do you work at Fiserv? Are you, like, at the top of one of the 100-level sections? Uh, yeah, top of the lower bowl. They've moved us a couple of times in that arena already. And, uh, yeah, we're right at midcourt, kind of top of the lower bowl. Okay. So I, the concourse area. Yep. Here's why I asked, because we were down there for, for the hockey tournament that's after Christmas, the, the holiday face-off they have there now with the Wisconsin hosts. And uh, they set us up up there, and I'm like, this looks too nice to be a, like a temporary setup for hockey radio. i got to think the basketball radio is up here. So then a few days later, the Celtics were there. And Sean Grandy's their radio play-by-play guy, and I follow yep. him on X. I don't really care about the Celtics so much, but he likes college hockey and he likes wrestling, so I follow him on X. And he posted a picture from the pretty much the same spot we worked from when we were down there. I'm like, I got to ask Alan about this. It's got to be. It's got to be yep. close to right where we right where we were working from. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the spot, and it's. Um, I would imagine for hockey, that's pretty. That's a pretty choice. It's spot. great. Like yeah. normally, you're up much, much higher. Yeah, it's an awesome spot because you're you're high yeah. enough that you can see, but you're not too high that they you know, to the point they look like ants on the ice sometimes. But you get in these NHL buildings, and that can be that way. Yep, it's the same thing in basketball. There's there's some spots that are pretty high up: Dallas, Denver, Orlando. You're up in the second deck, and you know from the court when you look up there, and I tell people where I'm calling you from, that eh, it doesn't look that far. But once you get up there. Um, you you start to be pretty far away from things. It lo- it looks sometimes like ants out there on the court. Uh, last night, Allen, big lead at halftime, at twenty three points. I think it got to in the third quarter, and it, it just it never felt like it was safe. And, and the Bulls started. Hit, it, it, it seems like very simple. The Bulls started hitting shots, and the Wolves stopped. And this happened. This has happened a lot here in the last. 10 games. I mean, four times the Wolves have blown a double-digit fourth-quarter lead in the last 10 games. They hadn't done that at all this season. Um, no lead. It, it's just, it's funny the way it's happened too, Bruce. It's, it's, it's happened, and then the Wolves will respond and have a good game and pick up a win, and you think, okay, that's past them. And then they'll have another game. So just in the last four games, you had that good win against Dallas. You had a, 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 an awful loss against Orlando, blowing a big lead and a double-digit fourth-quarter lead. You respond against Houston, 
and then and then you come to Chicago and lead by twenty three. And you're right with the with the pattern the Wolves are on, you can't feel comfortable with any kind of a lead. Um, even down twenty, even up twenty three, it's just everything kind of went sliding down that hill. And what we've seen out of the Wolves is that they don't have the ability right now to end those runs. They just it, it's like it's happening in slow motion. You can see this ball just rolling down the hill slowly, but it's not a steep hill. And it just keeps rolling, and it's all the third. It's all of the fourth. Um, somehow the Wolves got it to overtime, but but that game was over before the overtime started, in my opinion. Uh, when, the, when the Charlotte game happened, I don't think we've spoken since the Charlotte game happened. Um, when, when that went down, I, I remember I was reading through Johnny Krasinski's article at The Athletic, and, and the comments were just kind of what you'd expect. There, there's a lot of, of kind of – where are we going here? This feels like last year in a lot of a lot of respects, and and I get it. And I, I said if that game, that one game, just in a vacuum, forgetting what you know the history that this team's had with this going back a couple of years now, that game felt like a perfect storm. You know, Ant was sick and never found his shot because he kept deferring to Carl because Carl was hot. You want to defer to the hot guy. I get it. I can't be mad at a guy for that, especially when he's not feeling completely right. Conley wasn't playing, and it feels like he stabilizes so many things for this team when he's out there on the floor. And and, and Charlotte got hot, quite frankly. It just felt like the perfect storm was happening there, and they were, they were trying to get Carl to 70 because Embiid got 70. Like All these things were happening all at the same time. But it's a yep. little – I'm not going to lie to you, Alan, a little worrisome that this is, keeps happening. Yeah, there's no doubt. And now, you know, that's so the Charlotte game was before the Orlando game. The Orlando game was before the Chicago game. These themes, these themes keep popping up. And, you know, in that one, you're right. It was a perfect storm. There was the, the game got out of sync because of Cat's dominance at the offensive end. Um, you didn't have Mike Conley, but you had Mike Conley against Orlando. And you had Mike Conley last night. Uh, and they still couldn't, and they still couldn't stop the bleeding. It's just... Um, you know, and, and, and Chris Finch and the staff are going to ride their key guys down the stretch, but that, that kind of limits anybody from coming in and kind of sparking the team. Or You've got to find a way to break the run or break the streak the opponent is on, and the Wolves couldn't do that. I mean, it was just a slow bleed the whole second half, and then Kobe White gets hot in the fourth quarter, and the, and the Wolves are just... They just couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't do all the things they did. All of a sudden, you know, you do all these great things to lead by twenty-three, and then you cease to do any of them. Um, obviously, Chicago has a hand in that. The Bulls turned things around, um, and they started playing team basketball. They weren't playing team basketball in the first half. It was all Tabar all the time, um, which is one of their downfalls. He's a one-on-one player. He's a mid-range pull-up jumper. Yeah, he got to the free throw line a ton. All of that, almost all of that, in the second half in overtime. He had two free throws attempts in the first half. Yeah, like 14 in the second half in overtime. Um, but Chicago did start to play better. But, you know, other this is now on the scouting report, Bruce, too. Other teams know that, hey, just because we fall down by 10, 15, 20 points, this is a team that we can come back on. And that word is out there. There's no doubt about it. And once the team starts to make a run, oh, they, they start to sense it. And Chicago played with even more confidence. So it all just kind of built on itself. Um, but the key is finding a way to, to stop the bleeding. And it's not in one-on-one play. It's not Ant going one-on-one. It's not Cat going one-on-one. It's got to be a team effort. Um, and, and the Wolves got lots of good contributions early and then not so much late. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, 33 last night. He's now had two 30-point games here lately that the Wolves have wasted because the only other 30-point game he's had in 2024 was the Charlotte game where he put up 62. 
And it, and I, I hate to say the word wasted, Alan, but it feels like w- w- when you get a guy like Carl going the way he was going last night, boy, you, when you lose that game, it really stings a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, to me, the points are kind of just, uh, you know, yes, he had his shot going, and that was a big night for him. Um, but, you know, he and Ant, they're, they're going to put up big numbers, whether it's 30 or 25 or um, filling up the rest of the box score. It's just um, – you know, when you play when you play thirty five plus minutes, you know a guy like Katarina is going to score. They're going to score twenty five to thirty or thirty five points. Um, but it's it's about those other things too. Can you get other guys contributing? Can you maintain your efficiency offensively? Can you stay locked in defensively? As good as the offense was in the first half, the defense was equally as good. And then it just all tailed off. And um, yeah, to me, it's 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 kind of in this cycle of having good game, then bad game, good game, and then bad game again. And those bad games speak louder than the good games because of what you did earlier in the season. I mean, heading into December 31st, the Wolves were 24-7. and They're 11-9 and since, and most of those losses, uh, the last seven of them now, they've all, had, they've all had leads in the fourth quarter, pretty significant leads, you know, up six with three minutes to play, up eight with four minutes to play, and then the four double-digit leads that they've had and lost. So it's um, you can really point back, and, boy, you start to question where this team is headed, the trade deadline is tomorrow. Uh, will the Wolves be active? Will they not be active? Do they have enough? Are, is that affecting the team? I don't know. But it's it's been a rough stretch here over the last couple of weeks. Alan Horton, Timberwolves Radio Network. The, you mentioned the trade deadline is tomorrow in the NBA, which feels really, really early, but I, I don't make the rules. So uh, from your perspective, as somebody who sees this team play every game, I'm not going to ask you necessarily to name players, and, and, and we don't need to start rumors or anything like that, but what kind of player do you see the Timberwolves realistically targeting? Because it's not like they've got this you know big uh, this big glut of cap room they can bring anybody in that they want. Right, and you, have to, you also have to be uh, willing to give something up to get something. You, if you're, you're, you're probably looking, um, you know, I, I think the Timberwolves probably feel pretty comfortable with their top eight players. And maybe maybe after last night, Kyle Anderson's now on the border after his technical, and then he had to play in the uh, first half or second half when he didn't realize a backcourt violation. He, he didn't want to pick up the ball, and they ricocheted off his leg, and they got a three-point play out of it. Um, but I think the Wolves would, would if, if there's something available, if there's something that makes sense um, to be an eighth, ninth, or tenth guy that can uh, maybe be a pack-up point guard, maybe provide some shooting. Uh, maybe bolster that bench a little bit because I think I think you're kind of locked into you, your main guys, including uh, Nas and Nikhil coming off the bench, and then Kyle after that probably. Nas is playing about a little more than 20 minutes a night. Is is yep. he when he's playing, Alan? Do you feel like he's involved enough in the offense? Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see how much he played in the second half last night. I. I thought I don't feel like we saw him a whole lot. I think what happens is when these games start to go the wrong way, I think Chris Finch kind of tightens up tightens up the rotation. I'm not sure J Mac played in the second half, or if he did, it was only for a few minutes. Um, and you tighten things up. Uh, you know, it's it's funny when Nas is out there right from the get go in the in his first stint. I always feel like he gets a quick shot or he gets two or three of them. Um, I don't know. I, I think he's I think he's fairly well suited in the offense. Um, 
would you like to see him sh- shooting more? Is that what is that what you're getting at? I'm, I'm just kind of curious. It feels like when I watch this team play, and you know, even going back to the game we attended earlier this in, in January against the Clippers, which was a fun game, it feels like yeah. a lot of times in the second half. The the off like in the first half when like you said that first stint he's out there he yeah. he's making shots he he's getting to the hoop he's electrifying the crowd and then the like there's a lot of times he comes in you don't even realize he's in the game unless he gets the ball in his hands it, it's just weird sometimes. That's interesting. I was I that that seems to fit what I would I haven't thought about this a lot but that seems to align with what the way I think about it much more impactful first half than second half. Um, I'd have to look at some of the numbers and, and see how it breaks down. But, um, you know, when Nas has his shot going and he's got that balance between his inside and outside game, I think that's when he's at his most dangerous, not only hitting the threes, but being aggressive, like driving to the rim. He's got his little spin move. He's got some different things he can go to inside that have been really effective. Uh, but there have been some rare games where he's had that consistency in both halves. But I would, I would, I would tend to side with you. I think maybe in that second half, he, he, it doesn't seem like he's as impactful as he is in the first half of play. Uh, Jay McDaniel's is he still the defensive player that we that we're paying him to be here, Alan? I know offensively he's tailed off a little bit this season, but not not terribly. Well, I thought Jaden had one of his best offensive games in the first half. Um, you saw it in the highlights; he was super aggressive. He got a couple of dunks, and he just. You know, um, he's not the widest and strongest of guys. He is he is very thin in his frame, uh, but that's one of his great attributes, that he's got this lanky, like Kevin Durant-type body that's so long and, and can be really good effectively defensively. And then I thought he kind of disappeared in the second half. I mean, he has to get back to doing what he did in the first half, which is sometimes playing some bully ball. There was just this great dunk he had where he just he shoulder-to-shouldered Alex Caruso out of the way. And Caruso's not taller than him, but Caruso's, more, we got more strength and, and, and width to him, um, and he just bodied him out of the way, rose up, and it was just a bully ball dunk. It was just, yeah, that's what they need out of Jaden McDaniels on a consistent basis. Um, you know, Jaden is a good defender. I, I don't, I think there are too many times where I see opponents kind of just get the step on him and put him in a bad way, and they either beat him off the dribble or he has to commit a foul, and the fouls have been. You know, this is this is four years he's been in the league, and he's still fouling at a rate that is top ten in the NBA. I mean, he's always top ten in, in fouls committed per game. And at some point, that's you know, he's not a big enough name that referees are picking on him or not giving him the benefit of the doubt. And this is now four years in. At some point, you're just fouling a lot, and I think he's fouling a lot. And I don't. I think there are times when he could be a lockdown defender. I think it needs to be on a more consistent basis. I think there are some times. Um, where, where maybe that attention to detail defensively is not there. Um, we certainly see it at the end of games when you're locked in. I think Ant can be an incredible defender late in games when he's really locked in. The game's on the line. Uh, but that doesn't mean he's playing like that the entire game, and I'm not sure you can play that way the entire game. Um, you know, it's, that just takes so much out of you, especially when he's asked to do things at the offensive end. But, you know, they're definitely looking for more from Jaden McDaniels. When you look at his stats, you know, 11 points, two rebounds, one assist per game. Uh, that's pretty surprisingly low for a guy who's got seven-foot length when he when he puts his arms up there. I mean, I, I feel like he should be grabbing at least four or five rebounds every game um, and moving the basketball and somehow picking up two to three assists every game. That doesn't seem like that's that far out of reach. 
Uh, finishing up with Alan Horton, Timberwolves Radio Network. Before Chris Finch and Doc Rivers match wits, as it were, in the NBA All-Star Game next weekend in Indianapolis, they will match wits, as it were, tomorrow night with their actual teams. Uh, border battle round one, Wolves and Bucks in Milwaukee at 7 here on KDAL. Uh, Bucks a bit of a mash unit right now. Damian Lillard missed last night's game. Chris Middleton got hurt last night. The big pieces, of course, in this big three that Milwaukee has with them and Giannis. And you know, this weird dynamic now with Doc Rivers taking over his head coach, which I'm still not sure what I make of all that, but uh, what are your thoughts on Wolves v. Bucks tomorrow night? Well, it's going to be the first time I can remember, and maybe in franchise history, in which these two teams have met up and they've been as good as they are. Um, you know, the, the Bucks have had their run of success of late over the last, you know, Giannis period of time here, last four or five years, but the Wolves haven't been at that level. Um, I, I kind of look at this finally as, a, as a, a meeting where they're both, this is a marquee matchup, and Milwaukee not only has Minnesota tomorrow night, they've got, uh, someone told me they've got Miami and Denver coming up on like Sunday, Monday too. So they've got a, they've got a really difficult stretch. So I feel like there's a lot on the line. Um, you mentioned some of the issues the Bucks are going through. Um, look, the one thing that Timberwolves have done, and this is part of why Chris Finch I think is such an excellent coach, is that his teams have responded. Every time the Wolves have had one of these losses, um, they've looked at things, they've talked about things, I mean, and I feel like they've done that a lot recently after some of these losses, but they've always responded really well. And this is a marquee matchup um, on the road. It'll be, it, it, it'll be Giannis, it'll be Brooke Lopez, who's just, you know, I, I don't think Brooke Lopez probably gets enough credit. You want to talk about Rudy uh, Gobert defending the rim and protecting the paint, deferring, uh, deterring shots. Brooke Lopez is just as unbelievable inside with his length and his smarts defensively. This is a really good matchup tomorrow night, um, even if Damian Lillard and, and Chris Middleton don't play. I would think Middleton probably doesn't after last night. They didn't look very good. We'll see if uh, Lillard's able to go. And Brooke Lopez missed last night for personal reasons, so we'll see if he's uh, able, to go, able to go tomorrow night as well. well. We'll find out. Coverage at 645 from Milwaukee. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Enjoy the trip out west next week and have a good all-star break. Yeah, thanks, Bruce. Always appreciate it. All right, Alan Horton, Timberwolves Radio Network. We'll have the game tomorrow night here on KDAL as the Wolves take on the Bucks in Milwaukee. Coverage again, 645. 10-29, UMV Women's Hockey Assistant Coach Justin Grant. We talk goaltenders and get ready for the St. Thomas Series coming up this weekend in Mendota Heights. All that to come, brought to you by Sanju. Sanju Polaris, Sanju.com with the cars are 1029 on KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk Minnesota softball after this. We are professionals. We are family and friends. We are volunteers. We are community partners. We are a team dedicated to helping you succeed. We help protect and serve America's businesses. When you need us, we're here to help. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Rated A-plus superior by AM Best Company. Believe it or not, it's opening week for the Golden Gopher softball team, which plays this weekend in a multi-team tournament in San Diego. Head coach Piper Ritter says her team is eager and ready to go. Well, this year, more than ever, I mean, I think we've gotten out um, outside um, on turf. Um, we haven't gotten out on our dirt yet, but even, we've gotten to be outfield. But, I mean, we've been out there five times in the last two weeks. So, um, it feels like softball. Um, if we get this weather come April, um, we'll be really excited. But, yes, we're excited to get going. 
our, our student athletes are excited to not play scrimmages against each other and um, see what they've been preparing for. Yeah, you have been around as a, as a pitcher here, an assistant coach and a head coach. Do you remember uh, getting a chance to get out the, this often in this time of year to be outdoors in practice? No. Um, we probably, you know, did it for the outfield and had them run down to see the sky. Um, but the fact that we've been, do- we've almost had a couple full, we've been out there the whole time, full practices. Um, I've never. It's no. great, right? Yeah, it is great. Yeah. I'm not complaining. That's Gopher head coach Piper Ritter. You can hear my entire 35-minute interview with Piper on this week's episode of the Go Gopher podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. For more info on Gopher softball, log on to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. Your Twin Ports home for UMD Bulldog football. Yes, for the touchdown for UMD. KDAL. Got the news coming up, and then we'll talk some hockey. UMD women's assistant coach Justin Grant will be joining us next. We'll talk some goaltending and get you ready for this weekend's Bulldog series at St. Thomas. All that to come on this Wednesday morning. Clouds outside right by the lake. Temps in the 30s. We got CBS News at 10.36 on KDAL. 10.40 on this Wednesday morning. Clouds outside, 36 Airport, Superior, and downtown across the board. On the radio show tomorrow, Minnesota Wilderness coach Colton St. Clair, also UMD men's basketball senior Jack Middleton, senior day at Romano is Saturday. Joining us now, assistant coach for the UMD women's hockey team, Justin Grant. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm well. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Can you believe that you've only got six games left in your first regular season on this job? It's flown by. It's really (laughs) flown by. I can't believe it. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time now, and, and it's amazing, like, you know, traditionally we'll get a bye week at some point in the second half of the season. It happens to be this week for the men. And I sit and I look I'm like we have eight games left in our regular season already. I, I and it feels like it just started. I, it, it just it happens so quickly. Yeah, and the weather outside is just making it fly by too. Like right. it's just beautiful out. Yeah, it's been what a first winter for you living in Duluth. I I promise you, it, it is not normally like this. It was one of my biggest fears. Like, oh, geez, you know, Duluth is hilly, and I live up on the hill. What <laughs> am I going to do? How am I going to get down there? Yeah, it's been fine, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just wait till next year. Or, or look back at the, ask ask anybody who was here last year about last year. <laughs> just we got all. I've so- done that. It was. I was down in the Twin Cities, and it was it was rough down there. We got all sorts of stories we can tell you about last year that uh, we will not be telling you, hopefully, it looks like about this year. All right, uh, your group uh, gets a sweep last week against Minnesota State. Good response uh, you know, after a, a couple of tough weekends against really good competition, but I know that that Saturday game against Wisconsin is going to eat at some people, and I get it. I, you know, what, what's it mean to see your team move on the way it did this past weekend? Well, it definitely pointed out, you know, some things that we needed to work on. And so, you know, we did that, we addressed it, and we did, we moved on. And we learned, we tried to learn from it, you know. And so that was a big, big goal for our group and a big step moving forward. How much of a needle is it to thread between we have to learn from what went wrong, but we can't dwell on it? It, it, You know, it's it's exactly what you said. You know, we have to learn and we can't dwell on it. And it, you know, just shows the maturity and, and, 
of our group. It shows the maturity of our group, you know, that we can move on and we can, you know, talk about what happened and how we felt and what we need to do better next time. So we're really excited about our response from our kids. You guys got Katie Davis back last weekend and, and you know, talking to uh... – you know, players. You can you can get a sense of what she means to the group, but for you guys as a coaching staff, what does it mean to get Katie finally able to play again after a long absence? Well, she brings so much energy. She brings a huge shot and arm for our team and our group, and so much offensively. You know, she's a threat up there, and so it was a big deal for our coaches. You know. As we're talking to UMD women's hockey assistant Justin Grant. So you are your specialties kind of have been the goaltenders as you've kind of come up in the coaching ranks. You were a goaltender. Uh, you've got a freshman in Ev Gascon who's playing amazingly well. You've got a sophomore in Haley McLeod who only played I think six games last year, also playing amazingly well. How spoiled are you guys to, to have two goaltenders playing at the level these two are? Very spoiled, and I mean, they bring it every day at practice. You know, they're laser-focused on game day, and so it's just been a, a treat for me to work with these great athletes. How, how, frust- um, sorry, yeah. how frustrated do your uh, forwards get trying to shoot on these goaltenders in practice? I'm just saying. Very, very. Uh, a lot of our, you know, uh, team focus has been scoring goals, and so they make it tough on them every day, and I think it's a, a good a good thing because when they finally get one, it's like, oh, I, I can do it. <laughs> Uh, iron sharpens iron, though, too. Uh, you know, for for your forwards, for all your players, because your de- your defenders are allowed to score goals too. You know, I've got to think this is really valuable experience to have two elite goaltenders that they get to try to test in practice every day. I- I'm not saying that you don't have elite goaltenders around the WCHA because you do, but uh, you know, from a confidence standpoint, like you said, when you beat these goaltenders, you got to feel pretty good about yourself. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the the two goalies themselves are competing against each other. Like, she didn't even let in a goal that drill. Like, I got to be, you know, better, you know. So I think that they have a healthy competition between each other, which, you know, just is fuel to the fire. Well, you played the position, and, and we, we talk all the time, you can only play one goaltender at a time. It's not like you can you can't roll your two goaltenders out like you roll four lines and, and three defensive pairings when you got a healthy team. So it doesn't work that way. You know, how how important is that healthy competition between the goaltenders, making sure that they're always pushing each other? It's very important, and I think that, that you know their relationship with each other helps. They like each other. They're friends. They they hang out you know away from the rink with with each other, and so um, you know it's it's a big deal. And um, I, I like it when you know two teammates are you know share the same position and can have healthy competition every day, but can walk away from the rink and be friends. So. Yeah, it's it's a big deal for our team, our group as a whole. Um, you know, they just bring so much to us. As you were going through the process uh, this past summer of of applying for this job and eventually getting it, what did you know about the goal about Haley, who was already who had already been here for a year, and about Ev, who's coming in, and and, and all the accolades that she's earned? I'm guessing she was not an unfamiliar name for you. No, not an unfamiliar name. Um, yeah, when I was. Uh, you know, I seen the the posting, and I you know started to do some research and everything, and you know looked up Haley and looked up Ev and um, Anna as well, um, and just tried to learn as much as I could about them. I, you know, and uh, seeing Ev's name, I was like, well, there's we're going to have a good group. And Haley, you know, she had some really great numbers her freshman year, obviously behind a, a Hall of Famer uh, in Solds, but you know, I was really excited at the potential of getting it and then when i did get it it was like wow you know here we go let's let's go here 
Talking to UMD women's assistant Justin Grant. I'm glad you mentioned Anna. Anna Bizek is your third goaltender. What have you seen from her, and, and you know how much better has she gotten over the course of her first season out of Marquette, Michigan? Oh, she's night and day better, um, and she she has such a good attitude and is willing to do whatever she has to do to um, get better and be good for the team. So, I mean, she's just a, a breath of fresh air every day where she comes in, she's smiling, she works hard, she's part of the group. So I can't say enough good things about Anna. Uh, you guys mentioned you get the sweep against Minnesota State. I know the Mavericks pushed pretty hard on Saturday, but but Ev shuts the door late after they get that uh, that goal. A minute and something left, I think, in regulation time to make it a 2-1 game. You know, you, you get six points there, and, and you know these are teams, Minnesota State, now St. Thomas, they're below you in the standings. It's easy to look at a schedule and say, well, we got to get six points here, but you guys have gotten six points, five points out of basically all these series against teams that are below you in the standings, which is why you are where you are right now ahead of St. Cloud State. You know, what's it meant to, to see the focus out of your group? And a lot of times coming off some tough losses, having to go back and play these teams, it can be some letdowns, but your group has responded every single time. Yeah, we, we don't take anybody lightly. You know, I mean, 99% of our week is focused on the opponent that we have to play, who they have in forward, who they have in D, who they have in net, and, you know, what systems they're running. And we want to make sure that our group is well-educated and prepared for each. So we don't take anybody lightly. And, um, you know, it's every week it's a new challenge. And, you know, we're, we're thinking about all of those aspects, all of the things that they can bring, and trying to do our best to, you know, play good against them. So, yeah, um, it's, it's been a fun, fun year. Uh, St. Thomas this weekend in Mendota Heights. You swept them uh, earlier in the year in January and, or in December, I should say. Now you go down there to their place, and again, it, it's a team that's below you in the standings, but it's a team that has gotten better every year that they've been in Division One. Thoughts on the on the Tommies and maybe some keys here for the weekend? Yeah, um, again, we are, we're not taking them lightly. You know, we're researching their special teams and, and researching their lineup. Um, you know, and preparing well for it. Um, yeah, it's a road game. It's a road series. And so we're, we're getting ready. We're, we're getting focused and, and thinking about, you know, what we have to do, what we have to, you know, things that we have to do while we're at the hotel and, and things about their rink that are, you know, might be different than other rinks. It's very cold there. They're going to have hard ice. It's a community rink. And so they have expansions in the glass. And, you know, we think about all those things and try to let our kids know to be prepared for that. And here's what we can do to be prepared for that. 6 p.m. games Friday and Saturday in Mendota Heights as the Bulldogs take on St. Thomas. Thank you for the time. Best of luck this weekend. Thanks, Bruce. I appreciate it. Justin Grant, uh, assistant coach for the UMD women's hockey team. Bulldogs and Tommies in Mendota Heights on Friday and Saturday. And then again, we'll have next weekend's games for UMD at home against St. Cloud State. A massive series in the home ice race, the WCHA playoffs. 3 o'clock next Friday and Saturday, February 16th and 17th from Amsoil right here on KDAL. Thank you to Sanju. Sanju Polaris. Sanju.com where the cars are. We shall return. Ryan Phelps standing by for prep update. We'll wrap it up on a Wednesday in a moment. Bruce Siski Show, 610-103.9 KDAL.